Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We know the result of the June referendum, of course, but judging by the enormous mailbag of questions we at FT Money have received from our readers, viewers and listeners since June 23, for many of us, the story has just begun. And as we have received so many queries from you about what Brexit means for your property, pensions, investments, student loans and even your classic car collections... We are devoting the show to providing you with some answers. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's most popular weekly podcast. I'm Naomi Rovnik, digital editor of FT Money, and I'll be giving you all the week's money news in downloadable form with the help of special studio guest Aaron Strutt of Trinity Financial and my FT colleagues Michael Hunter and Judith Evans. So let's start with Brexit. We've been contacted by people who have student loans denominated in dollars to pay off in the weakened pound people who have built up pensions in other EU countries and people who want to know if the end of EU tariffs will make it less profitable to trade classic cars on the continent. Most of your questions related to investments and property, however. So I'm here with Michael Hunter, a long-serving FT Markets reporter and editor, and Judith Evans, our property correspondent, who have pitched in to answer readers' questions. Turning first to Michael. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Michael writes about London-listed stocks and the pound. Michael, in light of the Brexit vote, how can people protect their portfolios from the falling pound? And is the outlook for our currency set to improve? Well, I think the outlook for the pound is pretty dicey. But having said that, the pound bounced pretty heavily from the lows it saw straight after the Brexit vote. It's finding some support above $1.30, which I think is a bit of an achievement. There are ways people can position themselves against a weaker sterling. It helps the FTSE 100 in the first instance a weaker sterling because international companies that are repatriating revenue in foreign currencies into sterling are obviously getting a pay rise. And lots of the FTSE 100 has such companies. The bulk of the FTSE 100 earns its revenue overseas. But that's not just the only way. Extending your exposure to the FTSE 100 is not just the only way. There are other ways you can do this as well. There's a whole host of London stocks which pay dividends in foreign currency, for instance. So if you screen your portfolio for those companies, that can really help. I see. So you're looking for companies that pay you in pounds out of their earnings in stronger currencies, so in dollars, for example. 
and that's right, but also, as well as that, there are companies who will pay out dividends in euros and in dollars, which, of course, are relatively strong to sterling. So, so oil majors, for example. Oil majors are a great example. Drug There's companies. loads of miners who do that too. There's a drug company, Hickmer, Carnival Cruises is another one. Paddy Power, for instance. Really? Betfair, Paddy Power, Betfair pays out in euros. Wow. So there are ways in which you can be selective with your portfolio, look what you're doing. and, and Interesting, because lots of readers have asked, so should they be going and opening a brokerage account with a US stockbroker in order to buy US companies? Is that perhaps not necessary in the light of the international flavour of companies already listed here? There are just so many other ways. The mm. FTSE 100 is a truly international index. It's an index sans frontier. <laughs> so it's, um, um, it, it's already insulating us yeah. from sterling. And finally, if you were going to have commitments in dollars, so for example, you might be planning to do an MBA in the US or you could have parents who are retiring to Florida and might need some financial assistance from you. Should you be preparing yourself for currency volatility ahead? Do you think the pounds found a safe level at 1.3, as you say, or could we be doing things to sort of build up our dollars? I think what we have to do with everything, including that, is be ready for a change of mindset from the short-term shock of Brexit to a long-term readjustment for a new normal where we're tracking a political process and things can change and expectations and the kind of stability that the UK always offered international investors, which is where its assets, including the currency, got support in the pricing, May weaken. has faded. Mm. So I think it's very sensible for people to make sure that they're taking a medium and long-term approach, especially if they have those situations you outlined ah. with relatives to support abroad and so on and so forth. So when I lived in Indonesia, for example, the wealthy people always had a good stash of US dollars. Obviously, that's quite an unstable place but we should perhaps be applying a bit of that thinking to ourselves in Britain I think that's very sensible especially if you have international commitments Um, caution is the watchword and cast aside the short-term headlines we've all become accustomed to in a sturm and drang of the immediate aftermath of Brexit and think about the new normal over the coming months could be a long grinding period of uncertainty Uh, very much so well thank you michael for those wise words and now we move on to real estates and judith evans our property correspondent has stepped in to help judith there's a real debate raging about how brexit is going to affect house prices isn't there i've seen a lot of questions from overseas readers about whether they should take advantage of the weakened pound to buy prime real estate in london But we've also had queries from people who own buy-to-let property in cities or towns that are popular places to live for workers from other parts of the EU. So, Judith, is the property investment outlook now binary? Stay in prime London because wealthy Chinese and Russians are buying in as a store of value, but avoid anywhere where your investment will rely on rental streams from EU nationals. Well, the first thing I'd say about that is wait till we have a bit more data. We're only three and a half weeks in, so to some great extent we're still relying on anecdotal evidence. The agents, particularly in central London, are really keen to talk up foreign investors coming back in because they're getting this big discount thanks to currency movements. And I think that certainly is happening. But what we need to know is whether the numbers outweigh those who are thinking again about relocating because of other factors to do with Brexit, like visa uncertainties and so on. Certainly, it seems like in terms of the broader housing market, we're seeing a drop in consumer confidence, which will bring it down at least in the short term. But there's a lot to be gained by simply waiting till we have a few more numbers than we have right now. It appears a wave of discounting on asking prices going on in central London, which implies that at least there prices may fall a little further. 
So should Brexit be a trigger for us to look at residential property, perhaps our own property more generally? It's getting harder to be a buy-to-let landlord, isn't it? And lots of millennials would feel that house prices just have to come down. As you say, we haven't had much data yet. But do you think Brexit could be that catalyst that the market needs to deflate back to fair value? Well, initially, I think it's clear that there is a drop in consumer confidence, which is leading some people to pull out of housing transactions and other buyers to offer lower prices. However, in the long run, pricing tends to depend on factors like wage growth or the lack of it and mortgage availability. We've not seen mortgage lenders tighten their criteria so far, but they could do. There's a slightly separate phenomenon in London where the price growth has been really quite extreme in recent years and certainly a number of the analysts that I speak to are saying that there are limits to the sustainability of that anyway because there's simply only so much that people can afford. As to whether it'll simply slow house price growth or in fact lead to falls, there's quite a range of different views out there at the moment but certainly no one's expecting the market to continue in the direction that it was going before the vote. Thanks very much, Judith. And there's more in this weekend's FT Money on Brexit and your finances, with many more readers' questions answered than the ones we've had time to mention here. We now turn to a regular FT Money contributor, Aaron Strutt of Trinity Financial, to discuss that other aspect of our personal finances that has been on everyone's minds in the past few weeks, what a predicted interest rate cut could mean for our mortgages. The Bank of England confounded expectations last week when it refrained from cutting the base rate by a quarter point to 0.25%, even though markets had priced an 80% chance of this happening. The lack of a cut, though, was seen as a pause for breath while the bank waits for more data about the effect of the Brexit vote and publishes its inflation report in August. Banks and their customers are still primed for rates to fall. So Aaron, many of us, including myself, who have lazily sat on our lender's standard variable rate for years feel like geniuses as mortgages have got cheaper and cheaper. It often feels there is no reason to fix. But you think now is a good time as ever to get a fixed mortgage, even though the base rate could fall again. So why exactly should we look at fixing now? Mortgage lenders are offering their their lowest ever rates. Most of the banks and building societies have got fixed rates, two-year fixed rates priced around about 1.5% and five-year fixes at 2.5%. And that's a record low. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly low. If um, you're sitting on one of the higher standard variable rate, for example, like Leeds 569 or Accord Mortgages 5.79%, wow. then it's probably advisable to switch. However, if you're on Barclays Lifetime Tracker at 0.19% over base or nationwide standard variable rate of 2% over base, it probably makes sense to stay where to you stay are. To stay where you are. How much does it cost to um, get a fixed mortgage? There are fees, aren't there, that come with it? Yeah, there's, there's a huge range of fees, anything between zero and £5,000, so depending on the size of the mortgage that you're looking for. Obviously, the, the larger arrangements fees are for the million-plus mortgages. I see. And if you're someone who's buying for the first time, should you get a mortgage, a fixed mortgage now, then even before the Bank of England cuts rates? If you're in the process of buying a property and you've had your offer accepted, you'll want to get the mortgage application submitted as soon as possible. So once your application has been submitted and you've chosen your fixed or tracker rate, then if the mortgage offer is produced in uh, two or three weeks, then you have a pretty slim chance of changing the rate. So don't wait, don't hold up your house purchase for the Bank of England. Especially if you found your dream property. And what about remortgages? Say you're coming off a fix you arranged five or even ten years ago. Should you be shopping around for a new deal? 
There's a huge selection of existing customers and remortgage rates at the moment. Many of the banks and building societies offer their existing customers a specific range of rates, although they don't make it particularly obvious. If you look again at Nationwide or HSBC, they've got fantastic online systems. So you can literally put in your account number and it will come up and show you exactly the rates that you can swap into, providing you don't want to do a transfer of equity, so remove any names from the application or borrow more money. It's often a four or five step process to switch deals. It's incredibly straightforward, but it seems a lot of borrowers don't know just how easy it is to swap deals. One of the bigger banks told me recently that they're keeping up to 85% of their existing mortgage customers. So they're pushing pretty hard to make sure that they keep people. So even though most lenders have good deals around, they are pushing hard to keep people on the less good deals. Not necessarily. There's been a real push for product transfer mortgages over the last year, as I say, because the banks are working so much harder to keep their customers. Over the last few weeks, Virgin Money has made their online product transfer system available to brokers to make sure that it's easier for customers to switch. Metro Bank did it recently. It's a pretty straightforward system. So as a rule of thumb, though, are you going to get a better deal by staying with your existing lender or becoming a new customer of another lender? It's really tricky to say. You have to log into your online system or call up your lender to find out. Some of the existing customer rates are much more expensive than the new business rates offered by many of the other building banks and building societies, HSBC, Yorkshire, the Chelsea Building Society, Halifax. They've all got some decent rates at the moment. And are you going to get more information from your lender or from a broker who talks to your lender for you? It depends. I mean, if you're with one of the top mortgage lenders, then they're only going to tell you about their existing rates, but their existing rates may be incredibly low. If you come to a broker, then we have a choice of the high street and the private banks, and we'll tell you exactly what the best deal is for your circumstances. Great. Well, thank you very much. That was Aaron Strutt. And you can read his full answer to a reader's question about whether or not to fix the mortgage online at ft.com slash money now. We'd love to know what you think about Brexit, mortgages and money matters more generally. You can get in touch via email at money at ft.com or you can tweet us at at ftmoney. You can also leave comments at the foot of individual articles on our website at ft.com slash money. Additionally, if you have a financial conundrum you'd like us to help you solve, email us and we'll consider it for our Your Questions section where we put your problems to expert advisors such as Aaron here. There's just time to tell you what we'll feature in this weekend's issue. Claire Barrett asks if wealthy parents should consider repaying all their children's student loans. And as usual, we have share tips and director's deals from the Investors Chronicle. The Money Show was edited in Manila by Feline Reyes. We will be back next week, but for now, it's goodbye from me and our studio guests. Goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our World Weekly podcast, which is presented by me, Gideon Rachman, the FT's chief foreign policy commentator. Each week I discuss one of the main political stories of the week with the FT's overseas correspondents and experts, and you can find our latest show at ft.com slash podcast from Wednesdays. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.